Today's podcast is brought to you by the girl that got away. But thank God she did because you're a fucking mess. Welcome to Down with Joe DeRosa. One topic, one guest, one hour. Today, we're talking about that thing that certain women long for and certain men are fighting to keep alive. Chivalry. Is it dead? Sometimes I wish it was because it is such a tricky beast. Now, I'm going to speak about chivalry from the straight male's perspective because that's the only way I've ever experienced it. And I know this. If a man doesn't act chivalrous, he's an asshole. If he's too chivalrous, he's a turnoff. Successful chivalry requires a perfect balance on an extremely thin tightrope. Determining that balance has given us guys a headache for a long, long time. Chivalry requires such precision, in fact, that several men say, screw it, I'll just treat women however I feel like, and I'll settle for having sex with the ones that will tolerate my crap. Take me as I am. So there's your asshole. But other guys whine about how they only wish to shower women with love and why, oh, why, God, do so many members of the feminine gender refuse me when all I'm offering is what's best for them? And there's your hopeless romantic. Personally, I'd prefer to hang out with the asshole, not because I approve of his methods. He's just not as annoying. But then there are those guys that accept the challenge of trying to display true chivalry. And let me make a distinction here. I'm not talking about chivalry in the traditional sense, the stuff you see in those old one-panel newspaper cartoons from 1912, you know, where there's a drawing of a guy putting his jacket over a puddle for a lady. That stuff, opening doors, pulling out a chair. I mean, when you think about it, that stuff just really falls under the umbrella of common courtesy. Most guys would appreciate those gestures as much as the women do. What I'm addressing is the act of treating the person you're romantically interested in like an independent, self-relying human being while also coddling and celebrating them a bit, providing for, while allowing some space, while taking care of, while not smothering. It's tough, but it's the behavior that leads to a fair and balanced love, and love is never, ever easy. As far as I hear, I mean, I've never found it, so I don't really know, but I'd like to think that love is no good if it only makes you happy. You deserve to be a little miserable. After all, you found love. The rest of us are out here on our own, sulking, trying to figure out how the fuck chivalry works. Maybe my guest and I can crack the code today. This guy, without question, one of my favorite musicians of all time. I'm so excited that he's here. He's one of the good people, one of the folks who commits his time to writing the great American pop song. I first met him, and I'm sure he probably has no recollection of this, in 1996 backstage at the Trocadero in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where I went to see his brilliant power pop band Smile open for the post-hardcore outfit Civ. After that show, we parted ways. But I followed his musical career with an eager ear and an eager eye, buying every single thing he ever released, beginning with the aforementioned Smile, whose album Girl Crushes Boy is an absolute must-have for any fan of ear-catching guitar riffs and ridiculously infectious choruses. His following band, Satisfaction, brilliantly infused 70s-era guitar and piano orchestrations with the raw and honest energy of modern-day indie rock. And after Satisfaction disbanded, he returned with Flying Sparks, exploring the softer, slower world of acoustic-heavy, heartfelt song. It's the kind of stuff that sounds great really early on a Sunday morning 
or very late on a Saturday night. I can't stress this enough. If you haven't yet heard the band Smile, Satisfaction, or Flying Sparks, go now to a computer and download them. Shut this podcast off and go listen. You'll thank me. And if you're in the Los Angeles area, please be sure to visit one of the solo performances he's been putting on these days. You will not only not be disappointed, you'll be thrilled that you attended. Furthermore, he'll make for great discussion today because he often sings about the heart. Please welcome Michael Roses. Hello. Hi. How are you? How are you, man? I'm doing well. Great. Good to see you, man. Very good to see you, man. It's, <laughs> it's all going to be downhill from, from that. <laughs> like every word that comes out of my mouth from this point going forward will just detract and d- deteriorate that wonderful image you've built up in everyone's minds about me. You, you, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna do this, dude. I believe in you. <laughs> I believe in you. You're going to carry this through. And, uh, Thanks for having me, man. Look, don't fuck up, man. Uh, That's all there is to it. Don't fuck this up. It's all I do. <laughs> no guarantees, man. Yeah, man, I'm so psyched you're here, dude. Like, uh, Me too. I was thrilled that you wanted to do the show, and then I was also thrilled when you picked the topic of uh, chivalry because I was like, that's perfect. That's perfect. So. I've heard you, you know, sort of sing about the pitfalls of, of love for many years now and, and some of the nicer aspects of yeah. it too. So I think, uh, I think you're a guy that probably has dealt with this. With, a little bit, but you know, I, you know, I kind of look at it as uh, a topic where I could use a little schooling myself. Yeah. So I'm no expert. I was hoping you could kind of drop the knowledge <laughs> on me. That's, that's why I'm here. Is that, that's not what we're doing? <laughs> well, let's try to figure it out together. This podcast is kind of like always like two people, like we're a little in the dark and we're just kind of trying to figure it out maybe. Yeah. Uh, but I think we probably have some opinions and, you know, uh, 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 some perspective on it. But I mean, sure. we, let's start here. Where do you fall into uh, the categories there? Are you more the guy that's like, fuck it, I'm not dealing with this? Or are you more the, the, the sort of hopeless romantic? Or are you more the guy kind of in the middle trying to figure out the right way to maneuver? Yeah, I would say that I'm probably the guy that's sort of in the middle, yeah. leaning towards the little uh, being a little old-fashioned, trying to be a little traditional right. on the chivalrous side. Right. You know, I kind of... Uh, hit my dating stride in the 90s, which was this whole mixed up uh, decade of, you know, yeah. people trying to tear down tradition, especially um, in the dating world, you know. Yeah. Um, there were, you know, that's when the, uh, at least from my perspective, the whole metrosexual male kind of right. character came along and that, that sort of uh, image. And, you know, coming out of the 90s, I think a lot of men around my age or our age were left sort of with our heads spinning, trying to figure out, you know, where, where in the hell do we fit into this whole world of, you know, <laughs> trying to be a man, but also yeah. trying to be modern and progressive, but also trying to be like, ah, I don't want to be what anyone tells me to be. I want to just be myself. You right. Know, so. Well, it's tough because how old are you, if you don't mind? 40. Me? 40. So I'm 36. We're essentially in the same age bracket. What was so tough for me was I feel like, in many, many, many walks of life, but this one being no exception with dating and stuff, we come from a generation where the sort of tradition and and ideas and values, for lack of a better term, that got instilled in us by our parents and the generation before us didn't apply anymore. Right. You know, like like I felt like we were we were part of the first generation that sort of broke this mold of like 
you get out of school and you get married and you have your kids and you stay with your wife. And if you cheat, you yeah. don't talk about it, you know, yeah. and all that stuff. And all of a sudden, like you said, in the 90s, you know, I was in college in the 90s. So it was suddenly super uber independence and and completely free sexuality. Um, and I don't mean that in the sense of like hetero versus homo. I mean, like just people like openly having sex and it was totally cool, like sure. far beyond anything that the 60s, in my opinion, probably, you know, claim. But um, and you're suddenly there and you're and then you're trying to act like a certain way on a on a date or in, in romantic pursuit of somebody because this is the way you were raised and this is how you're supposed to do it. And all of a sudden, none of that stuff applied. And and like you said, your head starts spinning and you're like, right. I, don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do this. Right. You know, and you were also, you know, add the layer of the fact that you were touring in you know, in rock music in the 90s. I mean, right. that, that certainly couldn't have made it any easier to... No. <laughs> uh, yeah. Very strange. Um, you know, and then also, is your impression of that decade also that that's when sort of the irony and sarcasm kind of came into full effect as part of one of... You know, I think a lot of people started uh, adopting sarcasm and irony as a default part of their sense of humor right more than i noticed maybe in the 80s but i don't know no right. i t it, it so totally was it totally was maybe uh, people were scoffing at tradition just to be ironic or just to be kind of like you know i don't even know why i'm mocking uh certain things or certain traditions but it just feels right right now because that's what everyone's doing yeah and, it was it was the it was the era of of great irony and that certainly bled into this uh, decade two um of the last i mean god almighty we're going on three decades of irony right now uh and it's finally starting to fade away a little bit thankfully yeah. but um but yeah it was it was the breaking in of that sort of that uh, that irony thing um it was also i i think the beginning of the sort of entitlement phase which is in full swing now sure for twitter yeah. personalities and all that stuff but so when you questioned things back then, the attitude was like, well, duh. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. how dare you? I remember when I was in college, a big thing was becoming like trendy lesbianism. Yes. Where girls were just hooking up with other girls just because. Sure. Um, and then you'd be like, why? You know, if you would be like, oh, okay. oh, do you like girls? Well, I don't. Why does it have to be that I like girls? But it's like, dude, I'm just I'm just. I'm just asking. I'm yeah. sorry. Like, like, if I hooked up with a guy, it would mean I liked guys. I hook up with girls. Like, I like girls. Right. And that period, there was a lot of that, like, people would do, like, new behaviors, and then if you dared try to define them by those behaviors, that somehow was insulting. Right. Which I never understood. You know? I, I always yeah. thought, like, if you should be proud of the thing you are, why is me giving you any sort of label with it like an insult you know yeah, what i mean like right uh yeah i totally know what you're talking about and i've never been able to really put my finger on what <laughs> you know how to explain it to myself i just sort of moved on you know yeah i know yeah. It's, yeah but i think that you you know when you were talking about um the traditions and just trying to figure out trying to navigate where we fit in you know uh and i was mentioning that i kind of feel like i'm right in the middle mm -hmm. you know i i feel like you know, I'm all for society trying to progress and trying to, you know, just questioning things. But I feel like the best way to do it maybe is to 
have something in your back pocket for when you when you decide to tear a tradition down, you might want to replace it with something better. But I feel like in the time when when I started dating, there were a lot of traditions that were being torn down in one way or another, uh, but not being replaced with anything. So it was just right. kind of like, well, let's get rid of all of that chivalry nonsense, but not replace it with anything. You just kind of figure it out for yourself, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And I think that's kind of, or, you know, that's a sliver of the entitlement thing too, you know? It's, it's well, we're going to sort of torch this thing, burn it to the ground, yeah. and then, I don't know, whatever, man. You yeah. Know? And it's, it's like, that's kind of, that's kind of a shitty approach to things. I mean, I was, you know, I'm I'm sort of, an odd case, I think, when it comes to chivalry, because I, when I first started dating, was certainly in the hopeless romantic category. Mm. Um, and, you know, sometimes that does help get you laid a little bit. You know, sure. a girl going like, oh, it's so sweet. And then <laughs> she realizes it's not that fun for more than one day or whatever. Right. You know, um, and I, I, through the pitfalls and whatever of being this sort of hopeless romantic type, I started to get aggravated and then I swung over to the other side where I was like, man, fuck this. I'm going to fucking do what I want. Da, da, da. And again, sometimes that sort of, you know, gunslinger, impetuous, you know, mm. uh, no care for anything behavior will get you laid. It's mm -hmm. usually not going to bring anything fulfilling. Mm. Uh, but you can accidentally well, score here and there. Sure. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, unless you're fulfilled by <laughs> constant... <laughs> One night stand, sure. Why not? Um, and now, in in the last, I don't know, ten years or whatever it is, I, I've I've really tried to be back into the middle of the thing and figure it out because yeah, it's just so hard though, man. Because how do you? I mean, I really believe true chivalry is is like I said in the intro, providing for while also allowing for mm -hmm. you know what i mean on both sides you know it's it's sure. it's like the, the the man has to do that for the woman the woman has to do that for the man or the woman for the woman or the man for the man or whatever but i think that's what chivalry really is like saying to somebody like i respect you do your thing but i also love you and if you need shelter i'll provide that it's such a it's such a complicated mm -hmm. balance and that's what's so hard for me because it's even when you're being quote chivalrous unquote, uh, it still kind of feels like you're playing a little bit of a game. Sure, you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that? I totally get the the idea that sometimes you want to do things that can be considered as chivalrous because you want to show love or you want to show respect to somebody. But do you ever think that sometimes? There's value in doing things like that just to make your life easier and just to <laughs> make things, you know, just to kind of add some lubrication to life, just to make things go a little more smoothly. Yeah. You know, yeah. And that, that maybe that the meaning, there is no meaning beyond that, you know, sometimes, you know, maybe it's just right. like, hey, I'm going to just get in the habit of doing certain things so that. I just don't have to think about it, you know, and yes. the other person I'm with doesn't have to think about it e either. If they, if they like it, they're used to it. I like it. I'm used to it. We've got something going here. It works not to take all of the romance out of it and all of sure. the nice, pretty things out of it. 
Uh, I think that there might be a little bit of that that goes along with chivalry and just, you know, generosity and, and etiquette in general. You I know? think you just solved it. Uh-oh. We have like another 40 <laughs> minutes to go. I think that's it. All I right. think that's the whole thing. It's all chivalry is is just do just do things. It's life lube to me. <laughs> Relationship lube. Yeah, just make your life easier. It's it's at the end of the day, it's just who wants the who wants the headache? Yeah, who wants the headache? Well, let me. Yeah, you know, um, there's so many things, especially you know nowadays that you know it seems like there's a lot of emphasis, like in every aspect of our life. Uh, sometimes, at least for me, I don't know about you, but I feel, I would think, you know, as a comedian, you probably feel obligated to some degree, maybe I'm wrong, but to to really think about almost every aspect of your life in depth, to kind of just mm-hmm. understand every nuance and try yeah. to, you know, maybe there's material there or whatnot. But, you know, sometimes there are just things in life, I think, for me, that I just don't want to have to think about, you know, and maybe that yeah. sounds bad, but... Let me ask you, like, if you're sitting and, and you're writing, you know, let's say you're working on new material and you're mm-hmm. just, you know, you're just thinking like, man, I want to put in 100% of myself and my energy into just coming up with some new material that the next time I go out mm-hmm. and do a show, I just want people to crap themselves. Like, I literally <laughs> want poop to come out of them into their pants. Uh-huh. So that's what you got to be thinking about. That's the most important thing. You shouldn't have to also be thinking about you know, your day-to-day things like, who do I open a do- door for? Or who, you know, right. am I going to buy dinner tonight when I go out with my girl or whatnot? There should be things that are just a given. You don't have to think about it or else you just have too many distractions, right? So I'm I thinking, agree. Just having that stuff nailed. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you, you, you bring this up because I totally agree with you. There are things that I do that I'm just like, look, this is autopilot stuff. Like, yes. I'm not, this is it. Like, I like to cook. So if I date a girl... And she's not into cooking. That's cool. Like, like, I got this. I'll cook us dinner. I like, I like planning meal. I'm a big food guy, so meals are a big thing for me. Mm. So I never. It sounds like I'm patting myself on the back that I cook a fucking meal for somebody. Yeah, you know, I don't mean it like that. That's impressive. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I just mean like that's one of those things. Like, it's like a given to me. Yeah, there would never be a part of me that's like you know I cook all the time. Jesus. Yeah. You know. I, could you appreciate it? It would just be like, yeah, I'm, I'll cook for us. It's totally cool. Sure. If I'm not cooking. I'll figure out what we're going to eat for dinner. I'll buy us whatever. That's like one of those things I don't even think about it. Um, um, and I don't think, here's the thing, though. I don't think about it until uh, after, there are certain times you date somebody and you start to feel like, I guess I'm contradicting what I just said, but you date somebody sometimes and you start to feel like, they don't have an appreciation for it. Uh-huh. And that's when it starts to mess with my head. I don't have a problem with the relationship lube concept at all. I think that's totally right. When it starts to get complicated, though, and have you ever been in this position, you're doing these nice things, just not even thinking about them. Again, autopilot. Sure. But then you start to realize, like, man, she never says thank you. Right. That kind of sucks. And then that starts to mess with you. Yeah, and then you get to the point where you go, honey, I, you know, it just it's bothering me. I notice you never say thank you, and then you're in this like curb your enthusiasm argument, right? You know, well, that's that's the one of the tricks about chivalry. I think is that, I, uh, and I don't know, I didn't 
you know, I wasn't around when this whole concept was invented, but <laughs> my perception is that uh, maybe in the early stages, it was something that came more as uh, something that you would do for yourself and to be, you know, to be a better, not a better person, that's not really what I want to say, but that you do it for yourself. You do it for other people, but it's something that you do because it makes your life better and you are doing your part in making life easier for everybody else. When you start to look for the reward, I think that's when it almost stops being chivalry and it starts being more of a game, right? I totally agree. Um, And, well, two things on that. I don't think you should do the things to look for the reward, obviously. But that's why I say it's a curb your enthusiasm <laughs> style argument. It gets to a point where you start to go, you know, I'm not doing it for the reward. Yeah. I'm but noticing I want the reward. there's never a reward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And uh and then that gets Yeah. I remember I once I, I I was at my friend's house and uh they were having a birthday party for his daughter and his wife looked really tired. Yeah. They had eighteen four year olds in the house screaming and dancing and they're playing what does the fox say and the kids are going crazy and whatever love that song yeah yeah they so do four-year-olds uh, i mean i'm these kids went batshit uh and they watched it three times in a row because um, i forgot you did that when you were four sure you know uh but anyway she looked exhausted and uh they had this big kitchen and you know there were cake plates and chocolate smears everywhere and i was like you know what i'm gonna do my first time meet my buddy's wife first time in his house i'm gonna clean this whole kitchen right now <laughs> clean the whole kitchen no thank you she didn't say thank you and then i went out with my buddy and it was literally like this larry david moment where i was like he's like jeff fun today i'm like i did but uh yeah yeah i say no thank you i clean the whole, you know yeah. and uh it was driving me crazy right. i wasn't doing it to get the thank you but then when the thank you wasn't there i couldn't get over it now that's my own sure. bullshit and yeah, i got you're get, a dick <laughs> i'm a little bit of a dick yeah that's i'm okay. a little bit of a dick that's okay um thank you thank you um <laughs> i swear to god before you were here today i was thinking and i was like i bet i come off a little bit like a dick to michael a little bit like like i feel like i feel like we're 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 two men from different cloths. You, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You did light up a little bit when I was talking about being an asshole and just like crushing ass. Yeah, and saying it was kind of empty, and you were kind of like, "Well, let's not, <laughs> let's not go that far." So maybe maybe we are more uh, akin than I thought. But um, but so that was the first thing I wanted to say. The second sure. thing was about chivalry's history and where it started. Mm. I think it started in a time where women were, you know, condescended to like mm-hmm. women can't be on their own. They're, they're not capable. They're not strong and emotionally or physically or whatever. They need the man to do everything. Sure. You couldn't dare walk through a puddle. I'll put my jacket over it. You couldn't dare get hit with a piece of garbage being tossed out of a second story window. I'll walk on the outside of the street you know, you, you couldn't dare handle having a job, stay in the kitchen, you know, yeah. um, but you don't need shoes, so be barefoot and, and all that stuff. Um, I think that's where it started. Sure. You provide for the woman, you protect the woman because the woman can't do anything for herself. Yeah. Uh, and then it became 
it sort of transformed from that into the more modern era of the you know the 40s and 50s where women were able to do a, f- a little bit more for themselves than we were allowing them to do yeah um and you know it, it, it was then it was then it was just like well well that's what a man does for his lady you know that's right. what a gentleman does whatever and then um the 60s and 70s hit and 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 women obviously had way 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 more feminism yeah. um and then i to me chivalry became more about like a respect thing it was more like that sort of um you know well and then this is where it starts to get complicated too because it was that sort of uh um who's the lady the the feminism um uh the famous feminist oprah Oprah, yeah, yes, yeah, but not the talk show Oprah. There was a famous feminist leader named Oprah. She was the only other Oprah in history. Uh, her name's Oprah Feminism. That's where the name comes. That's where the term comes from. What's the lady? Uh, I'm blanking on it right I'm now. I'm totally blank. Ernie, who's the famous feminist lady from the '70s? I keep wanting to say Janis Joplin. It's not that's Janis her. Joplin. No, <laughs> Bridget Bardot. It's not her. She's got a name like that. The lady that uh that hooked up with uh the girl from Deep Throat and Oh my god, just three idiots in action right now. Nobody <laughs> God damn it. Uh Vanessa Redgrave? What the fuck was her name? I know none of these names are right. I gotta look this up. But anyway, as I look this up, um at that time it, it, you know, during that era it became it, there was a respect thing there right. was there was like you better treat me like a woman because mm-hmm. i'm your equal right i'm not your subordinate uh and then that's where chivalry almost started to get i think looked down on mm-hmm. and that's where it started to become like i don't need no man to open my door yeah you know I can yeah pay for my own meals hey not to get sidetracked let me ask you a question sure though. have you ever actually seen that jacket over the puddle thing work <laughs> How does that work, man? I want to see that demonstrated. Uh, because I'm just picturing some <laughs> dude out in front of Skybar with his H&M, like kind of poly blend, made in Indonesia sport coat, throwing it over a puddle and just, I'm seeing that <laughs> just, thing just get waterlogged and just going, it becomes the puddle. Um, Who's walking on that? I feel like I've never seen it work. I've never seen it even attempted. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't do it. Ted Alexander has a great joke about it where he's like the guy putting the jacket over the puddle. He's like, well, there's another solution. You could just walk around the puddle. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. so that would be my take on it. I think giving some, like giving a woman a piggyback ride over a puddle would be way more <laughs> chivalrous than throwing your jacket down because then what if she needs the jacket later because she's cold? How, how are you? That's another. She's going to wear a wet coat. Anyhow, sorry. And she's going to get hypothermia. <laughs> then she's going to be home in the house where she should have been all along. That's right. Um, There's your equal. <laughs> I'm still trying to look up the uh, the famous right. feminist. This is embarrassing that nobody can remember can remember <laughs> her name. She must not have been hot. Um, <laughs> Mike, Mike with the <laughs> evil joke. You're, you're Mike on that joke. Oh, I, no. I asked Michael before the podcast, I said, do you prefer Michael or Mike? He said, I prefer Michael. And I assumed as much. You, you, you look like a guy that would prefer Michael. Yeah, really? Yeah. yeah. And you, 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 got a, you got a nice, crisp look about you. Wow. You know, you're a very respectful man. Okay. Uh, you're a respectable man. Okay. And I said, that's a guy that likes to be called Michael. It's distinguished, whatever. But that was Mike right there. You know, Mike just sorry, off topic. But yeah. when I, had, I was Michael my entire life, uh-huh. at some point as a kid, 
I got the image in my head of what a Michael looks like, and it was this creepy 70s kind of photographer slash pervert guy with a just a strange mustache and weird wavy hair. I don't know where that image came from, by the way. Hopefully it was from TV and not somebody that I'm blocking from my past. (laughs) And I just decided, no, uh uh-uh, I'm not that guy. I'm Mike. Mike is cool. And then later on, I just, I got a bad association with Mike instead and just thought, I'm going back to Michael. What was the, what was the famous, or excuse me, what was the bad association with Mike? Uh, I don't know exactly. I think it just sounded a little, eh, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Sorry. I like topic. I don't, uh. Excuse me, I don't agree with uh, the, your image of Michael. Yeah, no, it doesn't sound right. I always... Now. Did then. No, Michael sounds right to me. Oh, it does? No, that's what I'm saying. Okay. I don't agree with your creepy image of the, of, with the name Michael. That's of what the I hair. Yeah. yeah, like I, I think... All I think of... When you say Michael, I think of Michael... I think of Kit in Knight Rider saying yes. Michael. And it always sounds very... Sounds sort yeah. of elegant. Michael Knight, interesting. yeah. I'd say Michael Knight was probably very chivalrous, considering his last name was Knight. Yes. So he was probably following the Knight's code. Yeah. You know, and it was often. spelled K-N. Yes. I believe, yeah. right? Yeah. Gloria Steinem. Yes. That's the... N- had no clue. Here's the more embarrassing part. Not only could we not, the three of us, not remember Gloria Steinem, not one of us was like, Susan B. Anthony? <laughs> Nobody got that one either. <laughs> Who really deserves all the credit. Um, well, yeah, no. We're still learning here. I wonder if Michael Knight from Knight Rider was chivalrous. I, I, he seemed like he was crushing ass every week. Yeah, right. He was mysterious about it though. There was always yeah. like a different. He was from that era of like. There's a lot of those guys back then on TV. It was like Michael Knight, Face Man from the A Team, mm-hmm. uh, Magnum PI. Yep. They were. There was like a. That was the thing back then. Like good looking guy. Yeah. Solving crimes, killing guys. Blowing shit up. Yeah. And every now and then they had this shit grin that just really, you, all it took was for you to see that grin and you knew they were just crushing ass. Yeah. Nonstop. Yeah. Stop. And none of them were tough guys. Nope. If you, if you had a problem, if you had a major problem in your life, like a serious situation, like we've got a gang of crooks over in that building over there, they've got hostages, there's guns, <laughs> there's a bomb that needs to be diffused. What are we going to do? And Tom Selleck showed up. You'd be like, what the fuck are we going to do with this guy right now? Yeah. <laughs> this guy is worthless. Yeah. <laughs> Him? Could you imagine if What's-His-Face showed up? Who's the guy that played Michael Knight? David Hasselhoff? Hasselhoff. He yeah. showed up to help you out of a jam? No, he'd be like, helping you out of your relationship. <laughs> wandering off with your girlfriend imagine that now in, in this a, day and age imagine kit. Hasselhoff trying to pick up your girl you'd be like dude take her on a vacation I'm not worried about it <laughs> there's no way she's gonna fuck you David Hasselhoff this isn't you know there was a time though there's a time you wouldn't let that Ooh. guy within 100 yards of your house yeah well <laughs> these are the things that us men tell ourselves so we can sleep better at night but I have a feeling if tested if that scenario were tested, we might be surprised at the result. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you have a girl now? No. No? No. What, when was the last time you were in a relationship? Um, I would, the, yeah, a couple of years ago. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, they're going to be, they're going to be swarming after you after they hear this podcast. Yeah. Talking about crushing ass and can't remember the names of feminists. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> 
women love that sort of thing. Got my priorities in order. <laughs> so now, when you were in that last relationship, yeah. how long was how long did it last for? Uh, a few years. A few years. years. Yeah. Did you find your relationship lube chivalry theory at work in that time, or were th- you still trying to figure things out? No, I think so. I think so. Yeah, and the reason it's not uh, something that just comes to mind very quickly is because I don't think I had really had to think about it often. Uh, however, the relationship did end, and uh, supposedly part of the reason for that end was the fact that I was not uh, considerate enough or did not think of the other person's uh, feelings enough. So maybe it was my lack of chivalry that led to the end of the relationship. But right. I feel like, for, you know... I, I, I'm at the point now where I feel like I've got the basics down pretty well, you uh-huh. know, as a as a matter of habit. But, you know, you never know who you're dealing with. You know, when you get into a relationship, yeah. are you with somebody who's going to constantly be kind of putting you in check? Are they going to be testing you? Or is it somebody who's just adamantly opposed to that type of behavior? They just, they're not about chivalry at all. Or is it somebody who expects it nonstop? You know, it takes a little right. while to figure that out. You know, you have to get into a groove and you probably have to compromise a little bit because you can't be the guy that's like, no, I'm waiting for the woman who is 100% on board with every bit of, you know, everything that I want to do. So it's like, I'm not buckling down until I meet a woman who lets me open every single door. I'm paying for every check. I'm doing this. You know, you kind of have to compromise. You can't be right. Mr. Chivalry. You just have to go in with your basic, this is kind of what I do but I can, you know, do a little less of this, a little more of this, and then see if it works out. Yeah, it is like preparing, like, it's like preparing your traditional Sunday tomato gravy uh, yeah. for a new person. Sure. And, and, and you're, that's what your chivalry is. You know, it's like, it's like, <laughs> it's accommodating, it's supposed to be fulfilling, it's supposed to be nurturing, and, you know, but, you know, do you not like so much salt? Is it too much salt in my gravy that I've been making for sure. 25 fucking years? Yeah. All right. I'll pull back on the Oh, you want a little more basil? All right. Well, yeah. Basil's not really my thing, but I'll okay, a little more basil. And then and you're just adjusting this recipe and it's so hard because it's the recipe, it's just ingrained. It's so secondhand. Yeah. to you. And it's so funny with what you're saying with like you know you, you, the relationship ended because you weren't attentive enough or maybe you know, yeah, or, or who knows, who yeah knows. exactly so that stuff always kills me i know so many guys and girls too but it, you know again the only reason i talk about this listeners from a from a straight male perspective is not to alienate it's just that's just been my dating experience sure so you know i've known so many guys in that position where they go yeah she said i wasn't uh I didn't care enough and whatever. And you're mm-hmm. sitting there going, this is a great guy. Yeah. This is a great guy. Maybe maybe being attentive to emotions isn't the problem. Maybe relationships are just the goddamn problem. Maybe it's just not a normal thing to get that down and dirty with somebody yeah. for extended periods of time, which I have always believed it really isn't. I do believe it. I, I'm not against it. I'd like mm-hmm. to experience it for longer than my nine-month limit that i've ever made it to sure but i do think it's unnatural it's you're fighting against basic biology very very basic stuff 
Uh, and for some reason, we ignore it. Uh, and again, these are traditions that started. We've talked about this before on the podcast. Marriage and exclusivity and these things. These, these started back when you lived till you were 35 years old and women weren't able to do things for themselves and you weren't allowed to be openly gay. And there were a bunch of bullshit rules and unfortunate circumstances back then that made you know, extreme intimacy for, an ex- for what back then was an extended period of time make a lot of sense. Yeah. And as we progress, it stops making sense. Right. Um, but I just, I just know so many guys where I go, this guy is a complete gentleman, and I don't know you that well. I, we really just met today. But, um, but you seem like a nice guy. I do okay. Yeah, you know? Um, I can't really picture you being an asshole, you know? You get a sense of somebody pretty quickly, like, you know... We all have our moments. But sure. You seem like a decent guy. Um, and I, my, friends t- my friend Vince the other night said to me, he goes, Joe, talking about you the other night, you got a good heart, man. You got a good heart. I was like, I wish half the girls I dated thought that. Yeah. <laughs> because I yeah. don't know what the fuck I'm doing wrong, but yeah. my guy friends love me and my girlfriends love me. Sure. But a girlfriend, you know, a, a, a girl I'm dating, it yeah. is a whole, I'm not saying they hate me, but there's all of a sudden this complication of like, you know, you're kind of selfish and you don't do this, you don't do that and whatever. It's like, so I'm not chivalrous enough. I'm the guy that all my friends thank for getting us all together all the time. Yeah. I'm always like trying to facilitate and plan and orchestrate and like make sure everybody's having fun. And I think I'm a pretty accommodating guy, but something is missing when you get into that when you get into that intimate romantic relationship and so maybe yep. the relationships are the problem yeah i i agree with you you know i i think that um there is a certain aspect of being in a relationship that just always feels a little unnatural you know but i think that you know a lot of what we do in life especially men is completely unnatural i think you know mm-hmm. if we were to just just to fall back on our natural you know just everything just went back to you know i think naturally i think People are just kind of shitty, and yeah. I think that we're just doing everything we can to just stay out of the dark pit, you know? And, you know, so... What's the dark pit? It's just falling into our own <laughs> darkness, you know, just being the most awful. I, I, You know, I just think that all of the uh, years and years and, you know, centuries that have gone by where we've developed traditions and just different things that sometimes just, you know, it's good to question these things, but I think that sometimes we just forget that sometimes that a lot of those things are there because we just need something to keep us motivated and to keep us from just wandering around killing each other and, yeah. uh, you know, just yeah. wandering around just, you know, pillaging and looting and just, you know. So, you know, I'm always for trying to, like I was saying before, you know, to, to better things. I don't want to just, I don't want the world to just stay the same forever. Right. But at the same time, you know, I just think, well, we are progressing and developing things to move ourselves away from where we used to be as as a you know civilization or as a you know just as human beings sure where we were naturally that was it was natural how we were and we're trying to get away from that so you know things like chivalry things like relationships things like marriage and stuff you know i'm not saying that they're good or bad right or wrong or anything but they aren't necessarily natural you know so yeah, I, I agree. I dig that, you know. It's um, so we have to do our little part and play our role. And you know, people get down on things like chivalry sometimes. And I, you know, I, 
lucky for me, maybe I just don't attract this type of person, but I've never been with a woman who was just straight up just down on chivalry, you know. I've uh, never, uh, you know, uh, offered yeah. to buy somebody dinner and had them just freak out, you know, that I was some sort of sexist, chauvinist oh, oppressor, well, you know. But Michael, let me tell you about some <laughs> of the gems I've unearthed over the years. Uh, I have a, I actually have a friend. We don't, we, this is a girl that I dated very briefly back in college. And now she's a friend of mine. And I remember one day we were, we were, what the hell was it? We were walking and I said, I do this with every girl that I ever walk down a street with. Mm. I go, let me walk on the outside. Yeah. Let me walk on the outside. I do that too. Dude, you're literally the only other guy I've ever met that does it. Huh. And do you get this? Every time I do it for a girl, she's like, what are you doing? And I, I explain it. To, I'm like, the guy's supposed to walk on the outside in case it comes from when they would dump trash out of the windows, wow. I guess. And in case a car jumps the curb. Splashes, yeah. Splash or jumping the curb. Yeah, or exactly. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and it's always very well received. You know, most women are like, that's so sweet. But my friend, I was doing it one day, and I go, let me walk on the outside. And she's like, what do you do? I'm fucking fine. I can take care of myself. And I was like, yeah. man, I have met so many girls like you yeah. in my life where it's like you're so, you take, you take a gesture and somehow turn it into an insult. Yeah. Which is crazy. It's yeah. crazy. I've had girls almost yell at me about paying for a meal mm -hmm. and you're like dude i'm just i'm just trying to do a nice thing for you right it's not i'm not saying you can't pay for your own meal right i'm just trying to be a guy yeah that's ridiculous I, have you ever had a uh, i'm sure you have but right. can you remember the last time a man opened a door for you a man opened a door for me yeah you know, let's say you're just walking into a coffee shop or something. Um, your friend ever opened a door? Is that just, is that, no, it doesn't happen? Not only can I not remember that, I mean, I've had people in recent years sort of hold the door open for me. Okay. Like, they go in first, and then they hold the well, door. Well, okay, better the, then but, how about a, just a male friend getting the tab at lunch, buying you a cup of coffee maybe, something That happens like that. a lot. Okay. Yes. Do you ever take it as an as an insult? Like, what do you... What the what the fuck, man? Are you saying I can't buy my own lunch? Are you saying that I don't have a job? Are you saying I'm inferior? I never I never take it as an insult. Right. I'll feel bad and I'll go, come on, dude, you don't gotta get lunch. Right. You know what I mean? Or you got it last time. Let me get it. But and, sometimes you know, it just makes you feel better or it makes you feel good to buy your friend lunch. Absolutely. Or right. Absolutely. So it's the same thing. Like you're just doing something. The intention is good. Yeah. It's your intention is not exactly. I'm gonna show this woman that she's inferior to me by standing, you know on the curbside, right? So I think it's bizarre that somebody, not just a woman, but just anyone in general, man, woman, whatever, right. would turn that into an insult. Well, in their defense... There's a lot about that. In their defense, while I pay the bill, I make them hold my belt loop like we're in prison. And no, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's okay. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. It's like, it's just this nice gesture. Yeah. And girls get really... Not all girls. I, I've met plenty that have were very, you know, gracious. Um, yeah. But the, but I've also met a bunch that were seemingly insulted by it. Yeah. yeah, it's a guy. I'd love it if a man held a door open for me once in a while. You know, yeah. 
You can't. I don't. That never happens. I'll tell you what bothers me a lot is, and again, this is going back to our: Do you do it for the reward, or you do it just to do it? Sure. And I, this, I, I know this is a hang-up of mine, but I hold the door for people, and when they don't say thank you, it drives me fucking crazy. Right. You know? It's like, hey, lady, I don't know you. Yeah. I'm just being a gentleman right now. I just held a door for you. You literally walked through the door and passed me into this place. I'm not a doorman. Right. Like, say thank you. That's incredible to me. Yeah. But I don't think that that's an in- you know, I don't think that's necessarily an entitled female thing. I think that's just, there's just an incredible lack of manners. Sure. You know, in the present day culture, I, you know, we talked about how entitled everything is. Like, I think people just aren't very mannerly anymore. Absolutely. So even when they're accepting a nice ge- gesture, they don't even realize it because they're like, it's just not even in their wheelhouse. They're like, I don't, I would never. I would never do that for somebody. Yeah, it's Who's a weird this weirdo. Time. It's a weird time for yeah. just etiquette in general, you know, in chivalry kind of being like in relationships sort of being at the top of that, you know, but all the way down to just the small gestures as well, you know, it's a it's a confusing time, which is yeah, I think you just kind of if you're going to make the decision to be somebody who uh goes out and does certain things like holding doors and things, I think part of that routine is just accepting the idea that there are going to be people that are just going to look at you like what the what the hell are you doing dude yeah you know what what time are you from you know yeah, where, yeah. where do you come from yeah 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 <laughs> it's 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 transitioned from from a why not mentality into a why mentality yeah, yeah. like you know 10 years ago as little as 10 years ago i think it was still kind of why not yeah i did a nice thing why not why wouldn't i do a nice thing it's right. a nice thing to do now it's very like why I don't have to. I get that a lot, mm-hmm. especially with comedians. Comedians can be real shitty people sometimes. Mm. They can be the best people that I've ever been around. Sure. But some of them can be really terrible. Wow, and, that's weird. I, I never experienced that kind of thing in the music scene. Musicians are all <laughs> top-notch people. They're all, they're all really Every musician really I've giving. met. Yeah. Yeah. Um, never hesitate to loan them money if they need it. Right. Because I know I'll get it back promptly. Yeah. yeah, you'll definitely get that back. Yeah. <laughs> they just need to stay on your couch for a few days. Sure. And it's always it's just always a few It's always just days. a few Sometimes just less than that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. No, sorry. Go on. <laughs> so funny, man. My friend, uh, my friend uh, is uh, a music engineer, and all he hangs out with, or for a period, all he hung out with were musicians. Uh. And we would go to these parties sometimes, and I would come home, and I would be like, who the fuck are these people, man? <laughs> Do any of them have homes? Do any of them have a place yeah. to just kind of live? Like, even if you need to have four or five roommates, just yeah. your own place. Right. <laughs> like, everybody was staying at some girl's house. You know, nobody nobody had any money. Everybody was borrowing. It was just like a very strange, yeah. a very strange dynamic. Is that, is that the case in all music scenes or is that just the one i was exposed to geez i don't know yeah that sounds about right i mean (laughs) yeah it sounds right to me and i love i don't say that to shit on musicians i love music so much uh and i love the people that make it um but it was just a new well here's the thing like it is creative people in general and it's 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 different in all scenes and with comics it's it's a different thing comics have 
you know, I always say the difference between comedy and music is that, you know, comedians can make more money for themselves yeah. right off the bat, but the return is much, much less. Hmm. You know, I think musicians have a much higher chance of getting to that place where they're, they're, there's true fandom yeah. surrounding their work. Uh, comedians have a much smaller shot of that. And I think the payoff is, well, but in comedy you can make steady money along the way a little right. e- more easily. Uh, and and so that creates different di- different dynamics in the different yeah. scenes. And that's the thing with comics is I think because so early on we're able to make cash off of telling jokes about our dicks, we start to get very entitled yeah, and very pretentious and very just kind of fuck yourself. Right. Whatever, bro. And that's the point I was getting at. Like so many comics will just be like, I'm a bitch, sorry. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not singling out female comics. That's just the best way to. Oh, I thought you were impersonating a guy right there anyway. I was, uh, I was picturing a guy. Like, like, oh yeah, like a sassy. Yeah. 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 I'm a bitch, sister. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just pictured a buzzer going off every time he says that. I'm a bitch. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But you know, and it's like, yeah, just because you own it doesn't mean it's okay. Yeah. It doesn't, and that's so the climate of everything right now. It's like, well, at least I admit it. Yeah. Well, then what? That that means you're just an open piece of garbage? Yeah. That doesn't mean it's okay. Right. Like, challenge yourself to be a better person. Actually, have some grace and tact. Yeah. And, like, keep some of that shit in your head. Right. And, like, I think that's going away a lot. And I saw it first with a lot of comedians because that was just kind of the world we were functioning in. Yeah. Um, and again, like, you know, I talked about going to hang out with the musicians. When I would bring non-comics into the comic scene, we would leave parties and they would be like, who the fuck are these people you hang out yeah. with? Yeah. They're horrible. <laughs> they, they are constantly trying to be funny. They right. won't shut the fuck up. They're talking over everybody the whole time. Yeah. Um, but now that's that's completely spreading over with into into the pool with everybody because of social media i think mm-hmm. and reality tv is a big culprit you know right as long as i win the money prize i can be a complete piece of trash well it, yeah do you think that you know people like us even though we sort of exist in different circles i think we've established they're very similar in a lot of ways do you think that the whole our concept of chivalry and etiquette in general is just heavily skewed compared to the rest of the country and maybe the rest of the world, just because of the fact that we spend most of our time in these very small scenes, these very small, you know, relative to the whole whole world, pockets, you know, spending a lot of time in LA and New York, hanging around with a lot of creative people where, you know, I know that it's possible to get this sense of, and especially again through social media and everything, where you can kind of get this false sense of what the culture is, when it's really nothing like that. And maybe if we were just living in some state somewhere else and living a totally different life or, or maybe, um, you know, just living a totally, a completely different lifestyle, mm-hmm. maybe it wouldn't be as confusing. You know, maybe it would just be so simple and all of the women you would meet would just be like, yeah, of course, you know, of course you would do Abs- this for me yes. because that's what you do and it just makes life less of a fucking hassle. 
And I'm not going to question whether or not you're insulting me or not. It's yeah. just about let's just get through the day without wanting to kill each other. And this is part of how we do it, you know? Absolutely. I, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I really believe that um, traditional, there's no way for me to say this without insulting somebody that's listening right now, but it's where I came from and it's how I feel. I, for me, I'm not saying for you, for me, I believe that traditional suburban life is hell on earth. I couldn't exist in it. Yeah. I couldn't exist in it in, 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 in a world where you walk out the front door of your house and all you see is the front door of everybody else's house. Sure. I, I can't do it. Like I need to be in an area where if you go a block that way, there are people that are doing things publicly. There's, there are restaurants and coffee houses where you can experience cuisine uh, that you don't get to have every party, every yeah. day part of your regular diet or whatever. There's, there are cultural experiences. There are stores to go and learn new things and books and records and whatever. Yeah. I have to be around that. Uh, but being around that means that it's also surrounded, that area is also surrounded by other people that feel the way I do. Mm -hmm. So when you're constantly in the mix of this sort of culturally stim or intellectually, whatever you want to put the tag, whatever the tag is, stimulating situation, um, it's a lot easier to go, well, what's that about over there? And what's that about over there? And mm -hmm. what's that about over there? And who's this person? Is that person cooler than that person? Yeah. Because I thought this person really knew what the fuck they were talking about, but Actually, maybe they don't. Maybe that person really does. And you're right. You know, you're kind of like a cat, and there's lights darting all around the walls. Yeah. You know. Whereas in the suburbs, I mean, if I lived in the suburbs as a single man, I would be like, I have to get married. Mm -hmm. I have to get married. I have to settle down. Another great song by Smile. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I, I have to get married. I have to married. That's another song. I'm naming a bunch of oh. old smiled songs here. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't have a copy of that EP, by the way. That's the one thing I don't have. You guys smile, put out a thing called five song. Demo. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's online. I'll give you a link later. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. I got to get that. So technology. anyway, digressing. Yes. Yeah. Technology. I've been, I've been trying to get it and I couldn't find it. I'll get it to you. Anyway. Um, but I have to get, if I lived in the suburbs, I have to get married. I have to settle down because if I don't, I am going to be in my own personal hell. Yep. I, when I first got out of um, college, um, I moved down to Texas for a little while in Austin, which was a really fun time. And then I moved back to Pennsylvania to become a comedian. Mm -hmm. And, but I didn't live, I started in Philadelphia, but I didn't live in Philadelphia. I started, I lived in the suburbs outside of Philadelphia, solid 45 minute drive. And I lived in a townhouse with two of my buddies, and everybody around us was a young or old married couple. And, dude, when I tell you, it was like looking down the barrel of a gun. Like, <laughs> there was no hope. Right. My, and my, my roommate, Scott, had a girlfriend who was eventually to become his wife, and it was obvious that it was headed in that direction. Yeah. So he didn't want to go out and try to meet girls. My friend Dan, who also lived with us, was single uh, and just started, and then just like uh, shortly after starting a relationship. And I was like this single guy on my own trying to 
find love or at least sex yeah in this in this suburban uh landscape and it there it wasn't there you couldn't find it everybody everybody was in a relationship fresh out of the box man 21 hit they they got into a relationship uh 22 hit they were engaged 23 hit they were married 24 they were pregnant it was like yep. clockwork yeah and i was just there by myself and thought man Years later, when I was in New York, I thought, you know, if I still live there, I'd, maybe I'd be married. Yeah. It'd be pretty easy. But now I'm living in Manhattan, and I walk down a street, and within one city block, I see seven women that I would murder that man over there to have sex with because <laughs> yeah. they're so hot. Yeah. How the fuck? There's no way. How am I going to settle down here? It's yeah. too much. It's just it's just too much stimuli going on, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and I think that's. I don't know. A lot of it is that for me. Like it'd be easier to just sort of to just sort of play that traditional game if there wasn't as much hope, you know. But I think sometimes being in a a more metropolitan or or diverse area, it gives you a little too much hope, right. And then you play that chivalry game a bit, but if you feel like it's not really being received well, yeah. it's a lot easier to go, ah, screw you. Yeah, because there uh, are just so many other people. Yeah. You right. Know? Yeah. Right. I could have said it as quickly as you just did. I chose to say the five-minute version. It's okay. It's <laughs> fascinating. Here, here it is summed up in two sentences. I, I saw some of my friends making a horrible mistake by getting married and having kids. I wanted to hang out at bars and drink and meet women for at least another 10 to 20 years of my life. <laughs> and it's easier to do that in New York. <laughs> that was the whole thing. Can you come be a part of every podcast? And then you'll just, you'll just re, restate everything quickly, and then we'll edit me out yeah. and just have you, and we'll have, we'll have two-minute podcasts. It, let's do it. Let's do it. Speed podcast. Yeah, I, you know what? I've, sometimes when I'm on stage, I'll realize I have the light. Like, they give you a light in comedy when it, you have to wrap up. Yeah, and I'll get the light, and I'll be like, "Oh my God, we don't have time to do the whole closer. It's like yeah. a seven-minute story." Right, and I'll go, "Okay, fuck it. Here it is in a nutshell," and I'll yeah. condense it into a two and a half minute thing, and it'll kill. And I'll be like, "Really, just wasting nice. a lot of people's time every other night." Maybe that's the secret to keeping a relationship going: is you can kind of, as the guy, maybe you can kind of slack on the chivalry a little bit until you start to feel like it's getting a little rocky like right. you think that your girl's gonna dump you then it's just real quick like you know you just start throwing it in fast you know get right. a door buy a meal right bring some flowers i think a lot of guys actually do that i mean that what i think they do i, I just said that as a what if and i just realized i'm describing every relationship yeah i, th <laughs> I think in some circumstances that's defined as abusive <laughs> he treats me real bad but once in a while he buys me flowers exactly <laughs> And a lot of people are okay with that. I think that's a happy relationship. Yeah, sure. maybe that's that's all that's all chivalry chivalry is. Maybe we just crack the code. It's 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 a light form of abuse. Yes, it's it's it's, it's neglect and then coddling. I just think brief coddling, just for a minute. Yeah, and then you just neglect, 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 and then coddle right when you're scared. You should only do nice things for people when you're afraid you might lose something. 
I think that's the pure motivation right. for a nice gesture. If you are afraid you'll get hurt or something will get taken away from you, then yeah. you do nice things. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I need to write this down and stare at it for a little while first before I'm 100% on board, but <laughs> I'm, I feel good about this. I think we have it nailed. Good, I think, I think uh, everyone that was doing questions on Twitter, I, I think they're satisfied with that. Oh, my God. Mike, I'm glad you said that because I forgot. <laughs> we have to get a few questions from Twitter. In. Let's uh, do it. I will ask you this on the air. Do you, do you want to play a song, since we're talking about all these things, and you have songs that are about these I don't know. Sure, emotional I could. concepts? I could. I mean, I'm really drunk right now, so it might not sound like <laughs> No, I'm joking. Um, I could. I mean, it just depends on how you are with time. Oh, sure, we could do that. We've got time, right? Yeah. We would love to have you. Okay. Let's end it. Well, then we'll end it with a song. Okay. That's great. Let's do that. And guys, that was totally real. That wasn't a bullshit talk show thing. Like, do you have time to stick around and play a song? <laughs> I love when they do that. Can you stick around? Do you have time? Uh, yeah, I got uh, you. Sure. Okay, yeah, really? Just winging it on the multi-million dollar uh, TV production? Okay. Hey, man, I just brought my guitar because, um, you know, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm taking it down to get some repairs <laughs> after the podcast. So, uh, <laughs> oh, well, since you've got it here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was my whole... Yeah. I love when they would walk. Do you have time to play a song? Sure. And then they would get up and walk over from the couch. Perfect band setup. Mike, <laughs> Mike drums. It's all yeah, just there. I've got the Chili Peppers backing me. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's see what we have here. Um, this is from a friend of mine. Uh, you can follow her at, at popup82. At popup82. Do you believe it is dead or evolved chivalry? Uh, and can it be practiced by both genders? Um, yeah, I do believe it can be practiced by both genders, which is why I think ultimately the point we're driving at is it's just courteous. Yes. It's, 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 it in, to me, it just it entails common courtesy. That's your pulling out the chair. That's your offering to grab the check, whatever. Right. Emotional courtesy. I'm here for you. I'm listening. You know, that sort of thing. And then independent, courtesy of independence. Like, I'll give you your space. Yeah. You're your own person. Yeah, you I know? agree. I think it has evolved for sure. That's obvious. Definitely not dead. Just a little confusing. Right. And, you know, also, one thing you didn't mention is that the whole concept of, you know, the idea of not getting your thank you or not getting mm -hmm. some feedback from somebody, you know, to whom you perform a chivalrous act. I think that's also part of it, it is it takes, you know, it's not just something one person does. Right. You know, both people are kind of participating in the chivalry. It's yeah. just, you know, they're doing different things, playing different roles. Um, I don't yeah. think it has anything to do with not uh treating somebody as an equal because I think, you know, two people can be equal but they don't have to be exactly the same doing the exact same thing. Yes. You know, so. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So it's not really looking for the thank you. It's dating somebody that you do this and then yeah. you go, well, it's nice that they do that too. Or if they don't dig it, they can communicate that well to you. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Um, here we go. Here, this is from at K-O-P-F underscore K-I-N-O. Does chivalry get in the way of equality because it stresses and is based upon traditional female features? Well, I mean, we, we talked about that, and, and I think we kind of covered it with the 
sort of transition yeah. of chivalry through the years. And there was a time where it was in its own way demeaning. Yeah. Um, but not anymore. It's, 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 it should be about equality. Now it's just passive aggressive. <laughs> yes. At worst. Yeah, at worst. Uh, is, this is from Maddox19, M-A-D-D-E-X-1-9. Is chivalry underrated? Why girls ignore it, or why do girls ignore it when it happens, but point it out when it doesn't? No recognition. I, well, Maddox, I think you just had a bad, you've had some bad encounters because yeah. I think per the discussion, that's. I think Maddox is the type of guy that uh, women just they 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 see him and they're just like, I'm gonna fuck with this guy. I'm just gonna I'm gonna be all over the map. I just want to so? watch him just fall <laughs> apart. And then I'm going to go tell my friends how funny it was. Uh, I've been that guy. Have you ever been that guy? <laughs> I don't know. Probably. <laughs> I mean, come on. We all have, right? It's no fun. Yeah. Uh, Maddox, date better girls. I think that's, or guys, yep. if you're into guys, but date better people. Stay um, away from crazy people. Yes. This is from at Chef KDG. How do you stay chivalrous even when feminists make it difficult to want to be a good guy? Well, I mean, we talked about feminism. I, I don't think that the feminist stance on it is what it was. You know, I think in the 70s, it was very, you know, feminism to me was, was like, the it's like the shift in like the, the nation of Islam. It was like there was a time where it called for really, really radical behavior mm-hmm. um, and, and, a, and a sort of segregated behavior. Um, but as time goes and things progress, it becomes more, it becomes more open and more amicable because the, 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 the force they're fighting against gets weakened. Yeah. And I think that happened with, with the feminist stance on chivalry. Yeah, you know, I think that there are people that, there are probably a lot of women who, and, and men who feel that it's some sort of, you know, like benevolent form of sexism or whatever. But, uh, you know, that's fine. You know, it's just that that doesn't mean that there has to be a, a struggle. It can just kind of be like, well... You know, if you feel if 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 I'm adamantly opposed to chivalry mm-hmm. and uh, and I notice that somebody is trying to perform a chivalrous chivalrous act toward me, right. you know, I, I'm not going to just straight out assume that they uh, have some sort of mal intent towards me. You know, I might just it, I might have a distaste for it, and I might communicate to that 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 to them if I think it's important enough. But it's, I mean, how much more serious is it? I mean, do we is it even if somebody really believes that it is uh, deteriorating equality in society, is right. it really that harmful? I mean, is that the first thing on the list we need to um, uh, tackle? You know, right. I think that we have a lot more on our plate I, as, as a society right now. I know? agree. I agree. Mike, we're on the same page today. I don't, I'm sorry, man. I'm drunk. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> we're on the same page. This is from at... Kale fan, K A L E T H A N. Um, hmm. Oh, it's Caleb and Ethan's dad. Oh, so he combined Caleb and Ethan. Ah. Okay, that's all right. Here's one to ponder: How would you apply chivalry to a transgender, male or female? I think it's a great question. I think that's mm-hmm. the future, mm-hmm. and that solves all problems. Transgender, you go. I'm straight, but God damn it, I only get along with guys. Here's a guy that now has a rack. We're in business. Yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with your gender or 
preference anymore. I think it's just another thing like, you know, somebody can just decide. It's just another checkbox. It's just like, look, I can only date people that are super liberal right and they're just not on board with chivalry and they're vegan most of the time right and that's my very specific preference and that's what i'm looking for right and if that person is a man a woman transgender whatever they are as long as they fit into that (laughs) yeah yeah that's kind of where we're going i think yeah and it's it's interesting too like because the 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 whole checkbox mentality with the stuff you know, and no redheads. No redheads. Yeah. None. Um, it's it's so weird. Like, I there was a time where I thought online dating was a positive thing. Yeah. And, and to a certain extent, I still think it can be. But like anything else, it's been completely abused and has become a completely entitled thing. And or the approach to it has become completely entitled. And it's like... We, we we look at signif- potential significant others now like we look at like we're shopping for an apartment. Yeah. It's like got to have a porch. <laughs> two bathrooms or bust. No, I don't want to see it if it doesn't have two bathrooms. Yeah. Like we do that with people now. Yeah. You know, there's just pages and pages of smokes, two cigarettes a day, no more. Yeah. Only drinks whiskey. Grapefruit, oh uh, fine, he likes grapefruit. That's okay. Yeah. But he can't, but he has to hate oranges, you know, like it's so crazy, and it makes people so entitled. Yeah, Tinder, of course, being the the ultimate version of it, where people think they can just swipe their way to love. Yeah, with absolutely putting putting absolutely no effort into it, giving nothing of themselves. Just I'll just swipe. Yeah, and it better work out. Yeah. Oh, it's it's so terrible, man. It's so terrible. I I, I do. We got to get back to. It's so to, terrible, Joe says, as he's on Tinder right now, swiping. <laughs> as I'm on t- Twitter, reading questions and connecting with people. <laughs> <Hey>. Terrible. <laughs> Goddamn technology. We should all be at a library reading books. <laughs> it's just, I don't think and that. And meeting people accidentally. <laughs> wasn't, that, wasn't that the way you'd look <laughs> up from your... It's all so simple. You'd peek up from your copy of Encyclopedia Brown. And yeah. Lock eyes with some geek that <laughs> hangs out in the library. <laughs> and then you yeah. were there. Guys, thanks for sending the questions. I appreciate it. They were great. We answered them. And now, to end our discussion about romance and chivalry and relationships and the ups and downs of emotion. Yes. Michael Rosas is going to play us a song. I'd love to. We'd love it. Here it goes. On below the windowsill, first daylight cracks upon the fields of grass. See you out there looking off into the hills like some memory from the past. Dear, I know you are waiting on tomorrow's man To take you off and leave here for some far, far land Till then you'll have my name and I will have your hand Mm -hmm, I'll understand 
I was once a lot more wise Not knowing about the daggers and knives ahead But not with a note nor with a measure Came you just for a place to rest your head Oh yeah Dear, I know you are waiting on tomorrow's man To take you off and leave here for some far, far land Till then you'll have my name and I will have your hand Mmm, I'll understand Calm, soul Sputnik wires attached to her brain Five and a half months she was spinning around up there Until she starved to death She had no food left They knew she'd die bad when think about it just think about how badly it turned out for that one boy went all the way all the way to Boston to get a new kidney he became famous he was in all the papers but he died all the same
she starved to death She had no food left And they knew she'd die That was amazing. That was awesome. Thank you, sir. Two songs. Boom. First one was called, because it's new. Tomorrow's Man. Tomorrow's Man. And that's one of the things you're playing out with yeah, your new stuff. Yeah, that's kind of a new song. And, you know, I'll probably be uh, singing it on, um, you know, uh, at the Super Bowl halftime <laughs> next, next time around. Something like that. I heard about that. Yeah. You and Katy Perry. Uh, yeah, you know, you know, if it works out. Yeah. yeah, but I heard she might back out because you were demanding too many fireworks and things. Yeah, well, that's her perspective. <laughs> you know, I'm just, it's its a ways off. I've got a couple other up-and-coming talents in mind. Somebody maybe a little younger, a little hotter. You know, she's been around for a while, you know. I, 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 and I think you should do it without all the bells and whistles. True. I don't think you need them. Yeah, just one bell. Yes, one bell, no whistle. Uh, <laughs> And the second song uh, from the album Girl Crushes Boy by Smile uh, Sputnik. Sputnik. It's my favorite song on the album. I can't believe Great. you just played that in my living room. I can't either. I haven't played it in a long time, actually. So I, uh, it was a pleasure to play that for you. Uh, thank you. It was such a pleasure to... It's the first time I've genuinely smiled in quite some time. Aww. And uh, I was... My God Almighty. The night, The nights that I drove around with my friend Jim... Higher than hell, Wasted. listening to that song, just cranking it. What is he talking about, man? <laughs> Some dog in a spaceship. Uh, go buy that album. That is a tremendous album. Thank uh, you, buy all the smile stuff. Girl Crushes Boy, the key, Master Locks, um, and Five Song Demo. Go buy the um, Flying Sparks album. Uh, which is that, or it's an EP, which yeah, is... Yeah, actually, no, it's not even Flying Sparks anymore. So now it's just Michael Rosas. So we uh, we put together uh, Flying Sparks, sorry, to go off on to... Please, To dive into it. my bio. No, do this. Sudden, but do uh, this. we, um, Flying Sparks, right towards the end, we were working on a four-song EP. We very quietly put it out and then broke up real quick. So uh, I we pulled that offline and now that is the first Michael Rosas EP instead. So it's, Oh, I did. Yeah. Man, I've got a collector's item. So, I have it as flying sparks. Yes. I know it was, you do. Okay. Yeah. Well then check out the Michael Rosas EP, yep. um, online available everywhere in your digital favorite store. Um, and then also the satisfaction, the, the mm -hmm. two EPs, Cougar sharks and flying sparks. Yep. And then our first demo. Which yeah. Didn't really have a name. Yeah, which and they're both great, and uh, they're out there. And what do you want to? Uh, you know, I don't. I'm not really plugging much, man. But I just, you know, go to michaelrosas.com, and uh, I've got some music on there, some sexy photos, and uh, that's it. Let's party. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> Check them out live. Thank you so much for being here, man. Thank you, man. Uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, for for the comedy fans out there, I'll be in um, Scottsdale, Arizona, at the end of June. Uh, at uh, Stand Up Scottsdale and then in New York. Um, I'll be at Comics at Foxwoods Casino July 4th weekend and then following that I'll be at Helium
Buffalo in Buffalo, Pennsylvania that following weekend. Um, and I'll be bopping around New York City in between. So come see something. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.